Well, we are here again with uh, JP. It is Monday, January 15, and he has another update to share with us. Uh, welcome, JP. How are you doing, Doc? It's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to bring this information out. Got the green light, so let's get on to this. You're listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala, your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. For those maybe that are still new to you, i just just repeat again, uh, I've known you since 2008 and you had contact experiences and you contacted me and, and we, we continued to communicate. In 2017, you started sending me photographs of craft, triangle and rectangle shaped craft that you were seeing over or near MacDill Air Force Base in Tampa, Florida. In 2019, you joined the U.S. Army and you are doing missions with the secret space program or space command or whatever we want to call it while having regular duties within the army. And you've been green lighted. You get approval from your covert chain of command to talk about these missions, but your regular chain of command uh, doesn't know anything about it and they are not that happy so is there anything you want to add to that for people who are new um yeah negative <laughs> you said it all okay um yeah it is what it is you know when you're chosen you're chosen i guess and i know a lot of people would agree with that that are in the service and they're chosen to do different things that overwhelm them and surprises them and never knew that it was in the realm of real life, you know, and it shocks you when you go through these experiences and they choose certain people, you know, they fish certain people out and go, we go through these experiences and yeah, it's, it's in, incredible the things and experiences that some people go through. Right. And, and we need to emphasize that uh, you were chosen because the Nordic or these human looking extraterrestrials that have Nordic features contacted you in 2008 and and the US Air Force in particular and other agencies were tracking those contacts and tracking our communications and and they wanted you to join the military which you did after many years of them encouraging you so it's not just a matter of you now all of a sudden coming forward with all this information there's been many years of preparation uh, of the Nordics working with you, you having contacts with them, you having contacts with the Air Force, and eventually uh, covert Air Force people uh-huh. convinced you to join the military so that you could be you could be more tightly integrated into the world of covert operations. Because as a civilian, uh, there were some roadblocks still. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was roadblocks and all that. But they knew, I guess, that I know three languages. So... I guess I was a good candidate to bring out these type of information during the same time that everything else started going on with Space Force, with Grush, with everything coming out. The same thing during the same time your books were coming out. So everything was synchronized in a way that it was quite interesting. So it's like 
everything is connecting with each other. So that's quite interesting and that's quite awesome. What happened in Tampa Bay and then Orlando and then this other base, how everything is getting put together. And, you know, there's a lot of other people involved, but I, I'm kind of scared that sometimes misinformation is is put out there from another part of, how can I put this, another part of the region. Oh, I just I can't say certain words, so I'm trying to be careful how I talk, Doc. Okay. How to bring out these certain words out. <laughs> Because there's certain words I can't just say out of nowhere, you know? Okay. Well, uh, let's get to this latest mission then. I mean, uh, this is uh, January 15. So when did when did you go on this uh, mission that you want to give us an update about? The 12th, Friday. Okay. You want to walk us through what, what happened? So we went. They called us. We went to this particular base. We got into a van and there was four guys and we were there and I saw Dan again. Dan was there. Oh, is this, is this the mission that they were talking about? I'm like, bro, I don't know, but it's cool seeing you again. So he was there and the two other guys, they had um type of mask. So we didn't recognize them as much, but Dan, he had just um regular sunglasses and a cap and that's it just to repeat dan was the soldier that was uh part of these medical experiments that you described in your last update and he had the adjoining room to you and you guys talked about what was going on that whole very bizarre medical experiment yeah so we were there we were talking about you know what happened in the hospital, he said, yeah, that shit was weird. That was, that was interesting. And, yeah. and so we were talking and we went with this van to this um, field and the field was open field. And we heard in the distance a Black Hawk coming in. Yeah, 60. It was coming in and it was hovering for a little bit in our location. And like, whoa, what the heck is going on? So from it. Okay, there was a helicopter hovering over the trees, getting ready to go to our location. But on top of the helicopter, there was a black type of ship, right? And it went over the helicopter, and then it zooped up higher enough, close to the clouds, like like waiting, just parked there. Like, damn, do you see that? Like, yeah, I freaking see that. That's interesting. Yeah, oh, so we all started talking about it, and then the helicopter started coming down little by little and softly and softly it was coming down and it was getting stronger so we lined up on the side away from the helicopter and the wind it was freaking cold doc it was amazingly cold where we were at we were freezing and i'm like i need some gloves so dan took some gloves from his book bag and he's like hey here you, you use my gloves but these are comeback gloves. They're not warmer. So when you wear comeback gloves, your hands get even colder. I'm like, man, <laughs> you don't got no other ones. He's like, bro, it's either this or nothing. I'm like, all right. So I, I just put them on and and we're waiting here. You know, we're, we're dressed up civilian, but military attire. 
in blocks and the helicopter landed and then out of this black hawk helicopter two nordic beings pale came out dressed in uniform I'm like man they're coming out of a helicopter then and then there's like hey do you see this bro i'm like yeah i see this and then the guy the other guy that was with us one of the four guys he was like hey tell them to get over here and get away from the helicopter so we waved at the nordic hell people to come to us and we're like hey over here over here so they pointed at us and then they started heading to us they started like not running but jogging to us and their english was so perfect like say hey how you guys doing oh yeah yeah we just came from the freaking arcs and they started talking like us me and dan looked at each other like confused we're like we we corner our eyes and all that and can you say can you just clarify when you say they start talking like that so you're saying they're talking like with like a new york uh, accent or an american yeah 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 like a, a, an american accent from i don't know like tennessee or i don't know what accent it was but it was a really american accent we and then me and dad we're just like what the heck this is freaking weird but we looked up the helicopter was still landed we couldn't see the pilot the pilot it looked like this helicopter did not have a pilot because we tried to see the front who was flying the helicopter and nobody was there and i was like that's weird so yeah that's that that was weird so the helicopter it was like a drone type of helicopter but it was a black hawk so we were like okay that's new that's that's nice so the helicopter took off blew out the two pale nordics came into the van they're like wow it's cold it's cold here put on the heater and the heater just turned on in the van the heater turned on so we kept the two nordics inside the van and then one of the nordics they said oh we're waiting for two more so the ship that was above the helicopter the black looking ship and i send you the pictures of these ships right i don't know if you got them but i did send you a picture of this looking ship it looked like an oval rectangle ship right and it was really thin and it started coming down slowly and we looked at it and it was doing like a humming noise the helicopter already left it took off and it left and it made way for this ship to come down so as that ship was coming down you saw it you took photos of it because that's what you sent me you sent me four photos and three of them show some kind of ship in it so the the first photo that i send you if you look at the top corner you can see the ship so you see something black in the corner of the picture that's the ship itself and then the other three is a ship leaving okay into the into the woods but these pictures was not in that exact time it was after we went back to the base the ship you can see it like coming in and then going out so this ship started landing and it never touched the floor and it was doing a humming noise and we felt like a vibration all over our body and the 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 nordics inside the van they were laughing at us because we were acting weird around the ship and you know we we've been around these things a lot but every time you go through the experience you're always overwhelmed 
It's like hitting the lottery. You're overwhelmed. Every time you, you see these beautiful, magnificent ships, you are overwhelmed. You're like, wow, this is beautiful. This is cool. This is awesome. So you get so excited, but you can't just go crazy about it. You just have to stay. You're, you're, you have to stay put and, and, and wait and do your part, you know? So the ship started coming down and it, it hovered like three feet above, right? The ground. And it was like uh, the size of three or four minivans, like side to side, like that size and that height. And then the ship, it, it was like four feet and then it curved and touched the ground. And then on top, a little capsule opened up. So it was a ship that I haven't seen yet. So let's put it to perspective. Okay, the ship is four feet, right? It turns into an angle and part of the ship touches the floor. And then on top of the ship, uh, the side opens. And then two Nordic beings dressed similar to the ones that came out from the helicopter. And the Black Hawk came out and they started speaking a different language. And it felt like it's like an ancient, like Greek, Greekish. Like it sounded like from Greek. I could pick up a couple words from Greek, but it was not Greek. It, I think it's an ancient type of language, but it's similar to the Greek dialect. So that was really interesting. I love to pick up on language. I love what is music because music is the oldest language we have on earth. And I love languages. So I try to pick up on languages as much as I can. I'm trying to learn Russian. I'm trying to learn South Korean. I'm trying to learn Greek. I'm trying to learn, like I said, Russian. So I'm picking up on different languages all of a sudden a lot. Portuguese, to the bank, to the beleza, Spanish, como esta? You know, like I'm picking up different languages. Because the same side of your head that you use for music, right? So the same part of the brain you use for music, you also use for languages. So that's quite interesting. So if you're really good in music, you're going to pick up on different languages. So that's quite interesting. So I started picking up their dialect and I'm like, wow, cool. All right. Awesome. So they came and then the Nordics inside the van said, oh, they're from the moon. I'm like, what? And then me and Dan looked at us and we opened our eyes and we're like, holy crap. They're from the moon. What part from the moon? They did not say what part of the moon they were from and which moon they were talking about. So I'm thinking it's our moon. And the Nordics, they never told us. So, you know, they come into the car. They started talking to the other Nordics that were there. And then the other Nordics started speaking to, to them in th that language. And they were so happy to each other, like, like they haven't seen each other for a long time. Like if they're related or something like that in missions or they're... I don't know, cousins, I don't know, but they seem like so happy to see each other. Just so that you can explain the, the two Nordics that were already in the van and the two that just came that were from the moon, how were they different? You describe them both as Nordics. 
Um, what was the difference apart from the language? The ship they came in and their uniform was slightly different. But they looked the same. They were pale. They looked the same as the Nordics that came from the Ark. Okay, and, and the uniforms were slightly different. I mean, are we talking about uniforms that are kind of similar to, say, Air Force uniforms? No, 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 no. It's, it's different. The Nordics have their own uniform. It's more tight. They have like a shoulder. Their shoulder are, uh, shirts are like point, pointed off out and then they're in. Similar to the ones we see in Brazil, but it's smaller. It's smaller. The shoulder is not that big. It's smaller, but it's like, I don't know. It's due to their rank or something like that. The way the uniform is as well. It's similar to ours. And they're more tight on them. So I think uh, it has a protective part on the uniform that protects them from the radiation in space. So this uniform, when you look at it and they turn it a little bit to side to side, it turns to different colors. Like if it was a, a lizard underwater, you know, when you put a lizard underwater, it grabs like a bubble. And when you turn it around, it has different colors of it. So it's similar to that. I don't know if it does that because of our atmosphere our oxygen level and atmosphere but when you look at the uniform and you turn around and you look at it it turns to like a rainbowish different color type of uniform but the uniform itself is like a bluish light blue color and it's it's just built differently the shoes are connected with the uniform so in order i guess to take the whole thing off you have to take off your shoes too it is what it is you know is there a way of getting dressed so it, it kind of looks cool, futuristic. And the Nordics, they're like, uh, we were surprised by the way they were acting because they, they, they act like the, I don't know if you know the Star Trek, Star Trek people, the Vulcans. They really act like that, like without no feeling and all that. So that's quite interesting. The Vulcans, you're saying they, they, they behave like Vulcans. Yeah, they behave just like Vulcans. And I don't know how Star Trek got that so spot on. But the Nordics, they behave just like Vulcans. Yeah. The way they talk, the way they're so they're so straight on, they're straightforward. But these guys that we picked up, they were more like us, you know, and we did not understand that. So we took them. They came out from the ship and they started walking to the van and the ship just curved back up four feet. The capsule closed up and they just the ship just in the blink of an eye went straight up to the clouds and you can see the invention of the clouds when the ship flew up and it was like and we were like holy crap that was like more than three thousand miles per hour and we started talking about the speed and everybody started laughing about it it's like holy shit that was like really fast oh that's what these pilots are talking about oh yeah okay so we just started talking about the ships and all that because the interior of the ship has a different gravitational thing. That's why it doesn't affect biological bodies. And that's what's getting a lot of people in government right now of, of different governments around the world. How, how these entities are inside, but these ships are going super fast because it has a different type of time. It has a different atmosphere. It has a, it's a biological type of vehicle. Yeah, it, it's it's weird to explain, but I think and Jacek Elena Danan she really explained really good about it. So that's quite interesting about the, these these ships and how 
people don't die inside these ships. So interesting. So that was her presentation in 2022 where she talked about the propulsion system and how Mm -hmm. gravity works and how the laws of inertia don't apply in such situations. And something something really interesting that I think she talked about, Elena Denan, about the cameras, right? I could be in testimony that, yeah, the, the cameras do not work around these ships because of the gravitational or electrical systems and the type of radiation that these ships give out. If you go to Japan, right, and then you go to a nuclear plant and you go into the to the box where the nuclear power is and you turn on your camera it's going to be grainy 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 anywhere that there's a type of radiation your camera your electronics they fry or they start graining up and it starts not working so yeah there's cameras that do not these electronics that we have right now they, they do not work not unless it's from a certain distance when they come to a certain distance, that's when we can take pictures or take video. So not even the videos sometimes work from a distance. I remember you, I think you're talking in in an interview that we need those cameras that, that they used to use in the 1940s in order to capture these ships and all that. So. Right. The ones, the cameras in the, you know, like the early cameras, they were like, they were mechanically driven, like the operator would have to turn a crank to generate the power. The modern cameras or cameras with electronics just didn't work. And I I remember you telling me with that incident in 2018 in Orlando where the flying saucer craft landed and the Nordic came out and you talked. And I think, as I recall, you said you you tried to take a photo or something, but your camera stopped working. Yeah. But, But only when it left. And it was in the sky, then your camera started working, and then you took photos, and we actually had Yeah, that's the one that shows the reflection of the trees in the bottom, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It starts working when they start going out, but I tell you now that certain kind of these ships, they have a gap, right? So it's like a bubble around them, right? Uh, An invisible bubble that does not let electronics work, but certain ships have like a gap that if they're in in a certain position, the camera would work. But and then when they turn, that bubble will cover the the location of your camera is, and then you can't record no more. So you can record on and off certain experiences, and then you, your cameras could work in certain parts of the ship inside because they have these certain gaps. They do use certain types of technology that we have shared with them. You know, we have their technology and they, they they really they really are intrigued they're really interested in cameras and videos and how we can capture time on a device so that that's that's a technology that only humans develop people don't seem to get it but we 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 learn how to capture time in a device and share the this information so that's quite good technology that we have developed we learn how to capture light and capture time. There's other advanced civilizations out there that haven't even gotten to that yet, but they have got stuff that is more advanced than us that we like to share. So a lot of people, a lot of ETs are interested in this, in capturing time and pictures and how, you know, how simple it was to develop and how we developed it. So 
yeah, back to the to the mission, back to the experience. I'm sorry I'm talking a lot of other stuff, but, you know, it's just all mingled in with each other. So we got into the van. And we started going to a facility, right? And we parked in front of this facility and the four Nordics came out the van. They went into this facility and we were waiting outside and we were talking to the driver. We were like, hey, are we done? Are we leaving? Da, da, da. And we just started talking in the van, waiting for these four Nordics to come out. I don't know why they went to the facility, but we was not allowed to go into the facility. And we were just waiting. I was on, on my phone. There was no internet access. So I was just chilling. I even called my wife. I, um, I was talking to Dan about different experiences that he had. He, he said he has been to the arcs and he has been with me, but he, I haven't noticed him because he wears a protective mask. Between uh, to been to the arcs, uh, uh, we're talking about the Atlantic arc and the, yeah. moon, the moon arc or just one of them? The Atlantic arc. He went with me in a couple missions. But I had I didn't notice him because he was wearing a a mask, protecting him with his identity. Some people don't feel safe to show their identity. There's a lot of people that know me already on on the ships. A couple pilots that know me. I met up with a couple pilots before. I think I told you that. We have talked about certain types of missions. I have met up with even a family member that I didn't know was part of anything and he did a couple missions so it's quite interesting so we were waiting for the nordics to come out we were there like for 40 maybe an hour waiting for the nordics to come out and then four people come out and they come in the van and then we look back and me and dan we're like sitting in the front we're like who are you guys so the guy that came in first he's like it's us and then we looked at again, and they looked just like us. They were not pale. They, their hair was changed. They're, they were dressed like humans. They had jeans and khakis and boots, and they, they looked like us. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So they all started talking that Greek-looking language. I was like, hey, are you guys the same people we picked up? Like, yeah. And we kept looking at them, and then we look at their eyes, and, you know, they still have their blue eyes, but they look more like us. They're, it wasn't makeup. What it wasn't about makeup. What about their hair? Was it cut short or long? Yeah, their hair was cut short. They looked like us, Doc. Before they went in, did they have long hair? or? They had long hair. They, had, they looked like Nordics. They went into this facility. And they came out looking like us, like us, like you would not notice these people are ETs. And we're like, wow. But I noticed one look a little bit oriental. And they all had papers and they all had um, passports. And we looked at them and then the guy, the guy driving. All right, we're heading to the airport. I'm like, what? Yeah, we're going to drop them off in the airport. I'm like. All right, let's drop them off. So we went back, and these guys 
they're here to do certain there's one that had a plane ticket to go to japan and he looked oriental so whatever this facility is is a type of facility that can turn these nordics into humans so i don't know if it's a surgery or i don't know they get into they start talking about they get into this capsule and this capsule is like see-through and they just the capsule they they lay back and they just it does everything for them it changes them by the way they want to be dan was like next to me saying what technology is this man this is crazy they look just like us it was quite interesting that that we saw them change like us but they look like if you drop them off in the mall you would never ever realize that they they came from a ship or they came from somewhere else how tall were they oh they were my height six one was six two another one was like a little bit shorter maybe five eleven uh but they're all like in between five eleven and Okay, six so three perfectly in a normal crowd oh yeah perfectly 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 and we drop them off in the airport and their demeanor just changed they their their face turned to human like like um happy hey okay bye guys like if they knew us for a long time and we me and dad looked just looked at them like yeah <laughs> bye have a nice trip and Dan just got pissed off when we, we were dropping the airport. He's like, this is bull. Um, why are they doing this? Why can they just be themselves? And I'm like, Dan, they're here to do a certain mission. And and we know about it because we were sent here to pick them up and to take them to the facility and to, to do whatever change they need to do. But they need to do a mission. And And I'm sure, Doc, that they're everywhere. When I saw this, my whole brain went. My whole brain blew of different kind of information and how everything is clicking together. There could be people in different governments. There could be doctors. There could be lawyers. There could be. Well, I know a lot of people have been saying this for a while. You know, they walk among us, you know, all that couple drip drop disclosures here and there about it but when you see it it's it's crazy you know when you see it and it changes how you think about different things who can you trust you know i'm not saying i don't trust the nordics but you know like they could be anywhere so this was an experience that really i think changed me a little bit about seeing things differently I knew, I knew that this was happening, but when you experience it and you see the same people change and how good they change to regular humans, you, you'll be surprised. You'll be, you'll be quite shocked how, how good they look and it's not makeup. I even touched their skin and it's not, it's not makeup. It, it's skin. It's, it, they look like us, their nails, their eyes, their, you know. Yeah. So when we went back, we dropped them off. We went back and we got dropped off and then we went to the base. And then that's when I saw two ships fly like really fast. And 
that's when the last one that was on the back went really fast and I took out my camera and I took a picture of it. And that's when I send it to you. That same particular ship that landed. So that was, uh, again, that was the ship that had carried the two Nordics from the moon. Yeah, the ty- I don't think it was the same ship, but it, it was a type. It was the type of ship, yeah, that carried the two Nordics from the moon, or from wherever they came from. Okay, so so the photos you sent me, they are of a ship similar to the one that dropped off those two Nordics from the moon. Yes. Okay, and and the two Nordics that came from the the space arc, and they spoke kind of like colloquial American. Yeah. Can you say anything more about them? I mean, you know, how can they come from the space arc? I mean, that's that's just more a transit point, right? They don't live on the space arc. No, so no, I think they came to bring information from the space arcs to other places to share information. But they had to go to this facility first by our base. Okay, so, so ultimately your mission was to accompany these four... Nordics, two came from the space arc, two from the moon, coming to this facility at a base that is this this is the same base you took me to? Yes. Okay, so so this is the base you took me on a tour of last year. You took them there to a facility, they went in, long hair, fair skin, they come out with short, short hair, their skin is I guess more more tanned, and then wearing normal clothes and they just perfectly fit in and you drop them off at the airport yeah did they say anything about where they were going what they were going to be doing i mean how do you know that they were going we were talking about we're talking about how how they changed so so good so that's when they were talking about oh they put us in this thing and it changes us and you know but they never talked about their mission no uh what they were doing how do you know their mission was, or part of their mission was, to tell other people about the space arc? Their mission, when they change, is to share information with other people. It's like the way they talked was so knowledgeable of what they go through. You feel it, Doc, that they were here to bring information. They were not telepathically talking with each other they were talking out loud about what they were doing and what they're going to do so when you say they're here to bring information or share information with people from other parts of the world presumably scientists or whoever uh what kind of information are we talking about we're talking general information about advanced physics propulsion systems it is a mixture of everything but soon soon the public will know about certain things and it's just certain things that they're talking about that i think i can't say now but yeah there are certain things that they were talking about that uh that we we knew that they were visiting other places to bring information that's very interesting because i know there have been other cases contactee cases from the 1960s where you have kind of nordic looking extraterrestrials setting up a base of operations where they blend in, you know, they're they're helped to blend in and they go and share information. That was their job, to just find people and share the information to kind of help raise the planetary 
information level, if you like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Quite interesting. Very and that's um that happened what in the year, the fifties, the sixties. Yeah, there are multiple cases in the fifties. You have the the Howard Menger case where he mm-hmm. something similar where he was he was helping Nordics. Uh, prepared to assimilate into American society. He would give them haircuts and he would help them you know, get clothes and get identities and all of these things to fit to fit in. And there's another case from Italy in the 1950s called the Amicizia case. Again, similar thing. So sounds as though this is this continues to happen. This has been going on from the 50s. Oh, yeah. I, I believe by the way they did it and by the way how normal they were, they was about it it looks like this happens every time it's just my first time experiencing looking at it firsthand you know now i think they want i think they wanted me to know that this happened just to bring bring it to the public like be careful you know who you talk to be careful you know we're we're around so we don't want no negative people doing negative things so you know like like they're around, you know, so <laughs> I guess be careful, like don't do bad things, I guess <laughs> they, they are. They're all around. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's quite interesting. Now, did you get a chance to ask them more specifically who they are? I mean, you know, people want to know. I mean, you, when you describe them as Nordics, that's just the physical appearance, the, mm-hmm. you know, Scandinavian blue eyes. Mm-hmm hair, fair skin look. And, you know, two of them came from the moon and two came from the Atlantic space arc. So, you know, one of the questions is, are these Nordics extraterrestrials from another world, from other worlds? Are they from the inner Earth? People people would like to know, are they Palladians? Are they Syrians? Are they Andromedans? That sort of thing. It's more like we always had a feel like a firm Pleiades, that feeling. Uh so you just have the feeling they're from the Pleiades. Yeah, ones, I do. The ones that you've been in contact with since 2008, I mean, you have a feeling they're from the Pleiades, or did they ever say they're, where they're from? No, they never said where they're from. But it's just the way people describe how Pleiades are, you know, they, they act similar to it. So really, really, Doc, I don't know where they're from, but they're not, I don't think they're from the, inner earth i think they had integrated into the inner earth or onto our planet and mingled around with us yeah for thousands of years but do not think that they're from planet earth i think yes they do come from somewhere else and you said two of them came from the uh atlantic space arc mm -hmm. do you want to share anything about what it was that they said about no, they, they just um, discover something in a space arc that they want to share to somebody. So I know we took them to the airport and I know one was going to Japan. That's the only location I know. But the other ones, they're probably staying in the States or going somewhere else. I don't know. But there's one that turned Oriental looking. So and he was talking about Japan. So I understood that that he was going to Japan. So they're all going to different location and they're all connected with each other they had a they have devices that connect them with all each other it, it's quite interesting mm-hmm. okay 
So any final things you want to say about this particular mission? It was changing to see this. Um, I think for some people it would be nerve wracking to see a situation like this. But I think they're here to help. Doc, you know, I don't think they're here to confuse. Well, yeah, <laughs> <They're good. laughs> it could confuse people when you, when you see them turn into human beings and all that. But they can't be themselves yet. They can't show themselves yet. You know, so there will be a time that, yeah, they're going to be walking among us and we're going to see these people walking around us with technology that we never knew existed. So, can you explain yeah. how you were tasked for this mission? I mean, did you get a phone call? Did someone tell you physically be at a certain location to do this and do that? And was there any debriefing? There was no debriefing. There was nothing like that. It was a type of task, and yeah. It, it was just a, a task. You go to the base and, hey, let's go. You get into the van. Be in this location this time. And we got into the van and we, we went to this location, this field, and the rest the rest happens, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if it's okay for you to maybe explain how the process happens. I mean, you've got your normal regular army duties. But mm -hmm. does someone come up to you and say, hey, JP, uh, you go here and be at this place, and, and, and they're part of the covert branch, covert missions. You want to um, elaborate? Yeah, you, 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 get a, you get a message through your phone. Yeah. So it's a text message. Yeah. I see. Okay, so you recognize when you get a text message from a particular phone number, yep. this is mm -hmm. part of the covert missions okay so you know it doesn't say cover missions it doesn't say nothing like that it just say um a certain number certain code that we know i see and that's it it's only a number okay and so after the mission then you get the green light or the red light from from someone who's a kind of more senior official in this program it's because it's because i'm bothering sometimes i don't like to keep stuff like that to myself so I go to the location where I bring you and I meet up with this particular guy. And he's like, yeah, you can talk about it, but don't say certain things. Uh, just say this and that. You know, he's like a coach type of guy, you know, and tells you what to say or what not to say, you know. Okay, so okay, so we know he he's an officer. He's kind of like, I don't know, we can describe him as your handler. Uh, someone who mm -hmm. makes that you know you stay within the parameters that they set for you being able to reveal details of your missions but not revealing too much that mm -hmm. could get you in trouble or expose too much about uh, the, the covert leadership yeah okay. quite quite you know i i know a lot of people will know i'm what i'm talking about that here this program you know and hear this interview that they'll they'll know what I'm talking about when I say that you can't say certain things because of uh, national security reasons, you know, but there's some things that we can't just say full blown out, not unless somebody higher tells you 
that you can say. But yeah, I think I said enough, right? I think that's yeah. I think that's a lot of information. I think that a lot of people did not know about these ETs looking just like us, you know. Well, yeah, that's very fascinating that there's now an official program to help these Nordics or these human-looking extraterrestrials to assimilate into human society. That I, I, I know of cases, that, as we talked about, you know, from the 50s and the 60s where mm-hmm. contactees and private individuals were helping the Nordics assimilate, but you know, now we know that there's an actual, uh, an official assimilation facility at that base that you mm-hmm. do uh, back in uh, 2023. And I'm sure, I'm sure like in the, in the JSIC, there was a couple of them um, there walking around. JSIC stands for the Galactic Spiritual Informers uh, Connection mm-hmm. that was held in Orlando in October. And you were there uh, secretly. And <laughs> there's going to be another one in 2024. So I, I don't think... That's going to be in Denver, Colorado. I guess we can't say anything about about that at this moment. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but there, there were there, some of these beings were there at, at JSIC. That's good yeah. Time. There's a couple couple different characters that we met there. That was quite weird, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I guess there's been some development now. You have an Instagram account that we are announcing where you can post directly uh, Mm -hmm. information that you find pertinent. And uh, so you want to talk a little bit about the Instagram account you created and why you created it? Sure. To connect with people after this, you know, beautiful interview, people can connect with me over there on Instagram. And it is me. A lot of people are asking, oh, is this the real JP or is it somebody else? No, but yeah, it is real me. JP.missions. Uh, I'm there showing love to everybody because that's what we need to show right now. You know, love and share positivity to, to everything that we do, you know, and I think, I think the time has come for me to do that, you know, for me to connect with beautiful people and, and people that has been through similar things that I have been through. So, yeah, I think this will open up doors for other people that has been going through the same thing i have been going through because we're all sooner or later we're going to be coming out you know all at once you know but yeah i'm there on instagram and i'm i'm doing a also uh a youtube account but i haven't i'm not going to post no videos there not unless it's going to be more in the future when i use the youtube account but the instagram account i'm using right now and yeah I'm there for any questions, for anything that you need to know about the interview that we we had. You can ask me there and I'll briefly answer you back. Okay, great. Well, that that's very encouraging. So any final words you want to say to our Portuguese speaking or Spanish speaking friends? Sure, sure. Muito obrigado por seguir me in, no Instagram. JP. Missions, missions, uh, jp.missions. Também você pode buscar informação em exopolitics, Dr. Michael Isala. Aí tá todo meu informações. 
I got a link in my Instagram page to connecting to Dr. Michael Sala as well. Também tenho uma conexão um link que a gente pode ir para lá, Dr. Michael Sala, e ver minha, minha formação. Now I'm going to talk to the Spanish-speaking people. Hola para todos que estão em Sudamérica, um, Espanha e os países que falam espanhol. Um, gracias por seguirme aqui em Instagram, jp.missions. Missions y estoy muy agradecido por ustedes. También puede buscar por mi información también Exopolitics with Dr. Michael Isala. Los libros que él tiene también hablando de mi experiencia también están ahí. You guys can pick them up as well. So, yeah, basically what I said is that on the Instagram page, I have a link connecting to you, Doc, about my experiences. So, It has the books as well that you wrote about my experiences, beautifully done. And right there, they can clearly see the proof and the pictures and, and the videos and all that since 2008, my experiences. So yeah, I'm really happy I brought this information out, Doc. And I appreciate you, Doc, for the, all the work that you do for humanity. This is special, what we're doing. and. You're chosen for the right time, you know? All this is coming out because I know a lot of people that have been going through this about ETs and about different civilizations and different experiences have been going through tough times. But now it looks like the veil has opened and everybody's talking about it. So all those people that thought that we were nuts, I guess now they understand that this is real, that this is out there that there is something going on and that sooner or later everybody's going to know about it in Brazil and different countries and South America like everybody's is recognizing Europe that this is real you know that this is happening so yeah that's my message to people and just love and kisses and hugs a very important message. Thank you, JP, for your service and for sharing uh, information from your missions. Uh, it's a privilege to know you and to be working with you. So thank you. And I look forward to hearing about future missions. Roger that. JP out. You have been listening to Exopolitics today with Dr. Michael Sala. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Join or start a conversation in the comments. Take the time to explore the vast library of best-selling books, webinars, and podcasts by Dr. Sala. Visit exopoliticstoday.com. Mm -hmm.